Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. And as always, before I start every single show, you know, I like to give a few moments. I take a few moments to give God some thanks because I believe that without him, none of this would be possible. So I just pray that somebody that's out there that's listening is inspired, encouraged, and motivated to not only learn more and do more, but to become more. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Listen, guys, you know that every single week, I always bring on fire guests, and this week is no different. Today, I have a doctor slash CEO and author, world-class bodybuilder, and multi-millionaire entrepreneur. He runs a fitness franchising business, the Camp Transformation Center, with 110 locations and two different supplemental and nutritional companies. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, my brother, Sam Bakhtiar, what's going on, my brother? Thank you for hanging out with me today. Jose, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I want to just tell you, man, I'm really proud of everything that you're doing, motivating people. Thank you for your platform and putting all this great content out there for everyone to just become the best, better version of themselves. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Well, listen, man, I know that your time is valuable and uh, you're rocking and rolling every day. So I want to just jump right into it. Before we get into all the good stuff, though, for all of our listeners who may not know you yet, just give us a little background because the whole uh, purpose of this podcast is called I Won't Stop Until I Win. And I, I know your story. I know that you've had a lot of uh, shortcomings and struggles and challenges and you've been able to overcome them. So just share a little bit about that, where you came from, uh, some of the struggles you dealt with and how you overcame to where and, and, and how you were able to become the uh, multimillionaire entrepreneur that you are today. Well, just like a, like a quick short story, you know, uh, I was born in Tehran, Iran, the third world country, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, anything about Iran, they always have some kind of conflict. They're always with war. They're always, you know, you know, battling somebody. And that was no different when I was born, you know, when I was three years old, we started fighting with Saddam Hussein. Wow. And, uh, you know, from three, from age three to age 11, every, every night we were under attack by planes and and they were dropping bombs on us. Wow. And uh, not to mention when I was three, you know, my dad also left the country and my mom and dad split up and I never saw my dad again. And it's very important for all your listeners to understand that um, in life, every trial, every devastation, is, every setback is a God's perfect opportunity, perfect state for you to make a comeback. You know, and so I have a series of those in my life and we can get into it one by one, but series of, you know, when, you, when, when I look back, I'm like, man, there is a higher power. And I love it because you prayed before we started, you know, that there is a higher power. I'm very, very novice when it comes to God and religion. You know, you know, I'm not somebody who says, oh my God, I've been to church every Sunday or I'm, you know, I go to church every week. No, I'm not that guy, but I do believe there's a higher power, God, Jesus, you know, that, that is helping us uh, navigate through it. And here's the thing. You know, obstacles in life are not in the way. Obstacle is the way. Is the way God said you need to overcome this obstacle for you to get the next blessing. I like that. You know I mean, and and that's and, and that's the thing. You know, so anyway, you know, at age eleven, you know, uh, we uh, 
came to the United States as refugees of war. And uh, man, I thought I was coming to Beverly Hills because back then when I was you know, looking at American TV shows, I'm like, oh my God, man, everybody in America is super fit, rich and there are, uh, you know, got mansions and Cadillacs and Bentleys and swimming pools. And I came to a little town called Sharon, Pennsylvania. And my first, you know, uh, my first impression of America was abandoned buildings, abandoned, you know, still steel mills, you know, and my uncle had a, a convenience store out in a very bad neighborhood. And out, right outside his convenience store, I saw pimps, prostitutes, and drug dealers. That was my first impression of America. Mm. And um, so I was shocked. Coming to a new country, don't, you know, I went to school to try to enroll in seventh grade. I didn't speak the language. I was the only minority in school. And, uh, you know, immediately I, I felt like I don't belong. Mm. You know, I wanted to play football as the world knows football, but, you know, they called it soccer. And they said, we don't have a soccer team. And now I'm even more devastated. The sport that I love ever since I was literally born, you know, they didn't, they didn't play here. So it was tough growing up. It was, it was very tough growing up, you know, uh, getting bullied in school, getting called names, being discriminated against and all that. Been through it all that. Are you an immigrant? Yes, I'm an immigrant. I was the only minority. You know, my haircut was different. I had a uni bra going on. I didn't have Nikes or Converse. I had like some Payless shoes or... Uh, pro wings they called it at, the, at, at, at those days and man you know, you know those kids 11 12 13 you know, at, at that age they could be pretty tough on you That's and it. and i tell you right now man it was the best thing that happened to me it was the best thing that happened to me for me to go through a school of hard knocks That's right. to be able to build some uh you know to build some mental mental scars to be able to protect myself so not be so delicate That's i right. mean look i mean if you look at my hands right here you know, you see these calluses and these scars, you know, and, and these calluses are, are, are because of years of you know, being under the weight. You know, they're there to protect me so that the weight doesn't get to the bone. Well, we also need these calluses around our brain and around, you know, our mindset. I like that. To, protect us, to be able to say, hey, man, you know, if you don't go through adversity in life, then you don't know what life is. That's right. I like that. I love that, man. I never heard that before, but I'm going to use that if you don't mind. I might take that from you. <laughs> but, you know, did, did you ever wind up seeing your dad again or was that the last time? Well, that was the last time I saw my dad. You know, I never saw my dad again after that, you know, and, um, and, uh, and that was one of my biggest, um, gosh, man, uh, chips, chip on my shoulder, if you will. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, you know, because it was tough, man. It was tough growing up in a new country, not having a dad and, you know, then we, we go to people's Christmas, you know, you know, Christmas parties and everybody had a home, everybody had a dad, you know, they get real cool presents from their dad. And I'm sitting out here, my mom, and I'm not getting the cool presents. We can't afford those kind of presents. You know, uh, you know, they're getting bicycles and remote control cars. And I'm like, okay, I, mean, I wish I had a dad. And, but again, that it made me a superpower. It made me a Superman. That's why I'm so big on family now. That's why I go out of my way to spend time with my family, my children. You know, when I'm with them, I do my undivided attention. You know, it, 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 it's the most important thing in my life right now. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. When you came from, from Iran um, or Iran, did you, did you speak English? No. No language. So language barrier was there too. Oh, yeah. A language barrier was there. You know, I, I didn't speak English. I didn't, you know, you had to go and, and learn history and, and, and math and, and, and science. And I couldn't read the textbook. I didn't know what they were talking about. 
and you don't even really have an, a, 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 a thick accent either. You, you sound like you, you might have been born and raised in America, actually. Yeah, you know, um, you know, if anything, you know, I have a little hood accent, you know, from <laughs> being in the hood in Pennsylvania. And my mom always gets mad. My mom goes, Sam, you know, why you, you know, why you, you know, talk like you from the hood? I go, mom, did you forget where you dropped me off? Yeah. So I say, you know, you, you literally, we went from the airport to my uncle's uh, store in the hood where I worked for many years. So yeah. what do you mean? Like, like, it's not like you dropped me off in Beverly Hills, mom. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a little bit of accent if you pay really close attention to it, but, uh, but not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. So how did you come into another country, not speaking the language, not having a father, uh, not having, you know, a, a lot of the, 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 the good things, like you said, that maybe other kids had, how did you break out of that, uh, you know, that, that, that stereotype, that stigmatism, that mindset? How did you break out of that? When did you start to realize and start getting, you know, quote unquote, like, comfortable in your own skin? Well, you know, I was never really comfortable in my own skin, you know, it, it, you know, you know, because it was a total different environment, you know, uh, but one thing that I was always born with, and I, and, I, and I truly believe this part of me has always been innate. And it, it was the fact that I hate to lose. Mm. I remember ever since I was four or five years old, I would play cards with my grandma. If my grandma beat me in cards, I would run and I would cry. I would go to the other room because I hated losing. And that means that if, if somebody hates losing, that means that they, they want to win. And, and that means if somebody wants to win, that means that they don't like to be average. That's right. So I, you know, ever since I never want to be average in anything, you know, I wanted to be the best that I could be, you know, I wanted to win. And, uh, and I remember when, you know, when they told me they don't have a soccer team in school, I'm like, what am I going to do? I have no sport. You know, I, I didn't know anything about football back then. I still don't know anything about baseball, <laughs> you know? And I was like, all right, I'll try it for the basketball team. I never played before. And I, how hard is it? I just have to put the ball in the hoop. Well, Jose, one cold Pennsylvania winter, you know, I tried out for the eighth grade basketball team. 23 people tried out, 22 people made it. I'm the only one that didn't make it. Oh, wow. And I remember crying home in the snow, you know, walked two miles in the snow. I came into my room, I shut the door hard. I'm just crying and crying and crying. And my mom comes up to me and goes, what happened? I'm all crying. I said, Mom, I don't like America. I want to I go back. See, the pain of getting ridiculed, bullied, and not belonging to anything was greater than the pain of getting bombed on every night. Wow. So I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, I want to go back. That's crazy. I'd, I'd rather get bombed on every night than be here, not belong to anything, and being ridiculed and fun and not have a sport. And I just don't belong in this environment. And my mom sat me down and, and told me three things that forever changed my life. And you know, that, that, was the, that was a turning point. And what was that? She said, Sam, we can't go back. We came here as refugees. We escaped the country. You know, a concept I know I understand now is called burning the boats. That's right. Not having a way out. Give, go all in and say, you know what? No matter what, I'm gonna see this through no matter what. No matter how uncomfortable it gets, I gotta see this through. Too many people got one foot in, one foot out. As soon as something gets hard, they quit. 
Next thing you know, they will go to another thing. As soon as that gets hard, they quit. And then it goes to another thing, that gets hard, they quit. Next thing you know, they quit everything. They, they know a little bit of everything, but they didn't master nothing. <laughs> so, so that was an option. Then she said, Sam, do you, want to do, do you really want to play basketball? I'm like, Mom, there's no soccer team. What am I going to do? So, yeah, I want to, I want to belong to a team. I want to play a sport. I don't know anything about football or baseball. So, yeah, I want to play basketball. She said, Sam, you can be whatever you want or do whatever you want as long as you're willing to pay the price and work hard for it. Are you willing to work hard and pay the price? I go, yes, I want to do whatever it takes. What do I need to do? She goes, well, then she puts, I put a plan together. She goes, at 2.15, you get out of school. By the time you walk to the boys club, it'll be 2.30. 2.30 to 5 o'clock, you, you, you play basketball, get better. You try out next year. It's a concept I know as time management and planning is what I do to, to this day. To this day, every, I don't have white spaces. Every second of my day is filled up with, you know, activities. And that's the basis of my success. You know, you know, go all in. Be willing to do whatever it takes. Don't give yourself a way, a way out. Make a plan and execute the plan day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Really, that's the, that, that was the foundation. When I, now that I look back at it, like, where did I get this? My mom. Simple formula for success, man. Simple, Simple formula. <laughs> I can relate to that, man, because I was actually born and raised in the Bronx, New York. So when you talk about abandoned buildings <laughs> and yeah. drugs and prostitutes and all that stuff, I, I, I definitely relate to that. And I know, and, and I, I actually use that, you know, when I'm speaking as well, as far as like being born in those type of areas, you're forced to develop a thick skin, right? A tough skin. And I think that that prepared me too for, for, for the life that I have to live now so that I'm not so, like you call this, so delicate. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people out there, man, they're super delicate. And, um, but I totally, that, that told, I totally relate with that, man. So when was, the, when was the pivoting point for you? You know, you come from another country, you, you deal with all these different adversities, you know, you get into high school, obviously, you get into uh, college eventually. When was the turning point from... Uh, that you said, I want to become, and cause I mean, being a doctor, I, I, you know, I saw that you were, uh, went to chiropractic school that that could have been your career, but at some point I'm assuming you said there's more than just being a chiropractor that I can be doing that I want to do. And you shifted to the entrepreneurship, uh, on the entrepreneurship path. When was that pivoting point and, and what was that like for you? Yeah. You know, um, you know, all my life, you know, the way I was raised, my mom always said, man, Sam, if you want to be successful, you know, you gotta either be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And if you're not those three, then you're not gonna be really successful. My mom's definition of success is someone who gets dressed up in a suit and goes to work, you know? And so that was my upbringing, you know? And I know that was her dream, you know, that to, for me to become a doctor. So I wanna make sure I fulfill her dream. You know, I went to Penn State, get, a, get my undergrad, and went to, you know, Los Angeles College of Chiropractic, got my doctorate degree. But while I was doing that, you know, you know, I fell in love with weightlifting, you know, you know, when I, when I went to the boys club and I was telling you to play basketball, I fell in love with weightlifting and fell, fell in love with how weightlifting not only transformed my body, but also transformed my mind and the way I thought, mm-hmm. I think, you know, weights and uh, working out in general, you know, especially weight training is such a metaphor to life. I mean, as you, you know, you know, get higher in the ladder of success in life. There are bigger obstacles for you to overcome. That's right. You know what I mean? You know, uh, you know, and as you get stronger in the gym, 
there's always more weights that you cannot do. <laughs> you know, so as you get stronger, there are bigger weights. And as you get more successful, there are bigger obstacles. So the gym really has trained me now to look at life a whole different way. It's just when something happens in business or in life, I'm like, ah, this is just a weight I can't do right now. But eventually I'll be able to lift that. You know, you said, you said something that was real powerful, man. I don't even know if maybe somebody has pointed it out to you before, but you said that you went to college to become a doctor because you wanted to make your mom's dream come true. And to me, man, I got I to gotta hats off to you, man, because I've never heard someone else saying that they're working to fulfill somebody else's dream and make that come true. Never. Not like even from a son or mother. I've never heard that before, man. So I really commend you for that because... That takes a lot for you to put in so much work to make someone else's dream come true. I mean, we, we always say that. I mean, the reality is, is that anyone who works a nine to five and is an employee is working to make someone else's dream come true anyhow, right? When you talk about the uh, yeah. entrepreneurial world. But I'm talking about like life dream, right? Like you, you work that hard to make your mind. That's so beautiful, man. I just want to commend you for that. And then when you fulfilled her dream, <laughs> It's like, you, you, I mean, you hear a story like yours, man. You come from another country. You don't speak the language. You're in a, you're in a neighborhood that isn't the greatest. And, and you have to go through all these things. And then you wind up beating the odds. You go to college. You make your mom happy. And then you, you make her dream come true. And then you go make your dream come true. And so it's like people that you guys that are listening or watching this and you're listening to this, you got to understand, like, what's going on here. Like, when this guy says... You got to do whatever it takes to become successful. This is like the epitome of what that means. Like Americans who speak the language, who were born and raised here, should have no excuse after hearing a story like that and you becoming successful at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, I was just really tripping out where, uh, when I was going to school and I could barely read you know, and understand what it was saying, but I was trying so hard to read and understand the subject because I wanted to pass the class. That in itself is difficult. Oh my God. I mean, imagine, you know, I mean, we don't even have the same alphabet. You know, <laughs> we, we write from right to left, not left to right. Yeah. You know, so we don't have the same alphabet. So, you know, it might, you know, whole new alphabet, whole new sound, whole new understanding. And I remember in school, I was just trying so hard to understand each thing and be able to pass. And I was passing you know, and I would, you know, we would have, you know, people who are born here understand everything or everything. They wouldn't even care to, to learn to pass, you know, and that's, again, such a metaphor to life. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, there are opportunities right here in front of you. There's, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world. Everybody comes to America. Nobody goes, moves to China or nobody moves to Iran. Nobody moves to Bangladesh. Nobody moves to, you know, you know, other countries. This is it's called the American dream for a reason. It's in front of you, but it's not going to come to you. Like my basketball coach used to say, go to the ball. Don't let the ball come to you. Because if you let the ball get to you, somebody's going to intercept it. You know, go to the ball. When somebody throws you the ball, go to the ball. That's right. You know, and, 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 and life is the same thing. You have to go to life. Life is not going to come to you. So once you, so once you finished uh, college and, and, and fulfilling, you know, your mom's dream, while you were in the boys club, you said you, 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 you developed a passion for weightlifting and, and, and fitness and health. When, when was that switch from, from career path, you know, doctor to, you know, branching off to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, you know, um, while I was going to college, 
you know, I was, you know, bodybuilding, I was working as a personal trainer and I was applying all the knowledge I was learning in school and I was doing to my own body to my, to my clients. And that's when I knew that once I graduate, I want to open up my own, what I call transformation centers, where I can help people lose weight, get in shape, build strength, not only for them to, to look better and feel better, but to also change their life. Because I fully understand that, you know, once you take care of yourself, everything else changes. Absolutely. And so when I graduated, I gave my diploma to my mom. I said, mom, go brag to all your friends that your son is a doctor. I know this was your dream. Now I'm going to open up my first gym and I want to be able to do, you know, be able to, by the way, can I borrow some money? You know, <laughs> so you know, you I, wound up opening up a practice. No, I never opened up a practice. Okay. You know, not, not what I wanted to do. So I opened up my first gym here, you know, uh, in Chino, California, uh, 20 years ago, basically February 15th of 2000. And I didn't know anything about business or I didn't know what an LLC was, what a corporation was. I didn't know what sales was. I don't know what marketing was. I just knew how to get people in shape. And I started doing fairly well for myself. You know, remember, I come from Sharon PA. Sharon PA, if you made two or $3,000 a month, you were balling. <laughs> you know, now, now I'm here with a Sharon Pennsylvania mentality. You know, I'm making $10,000, $15,000 a month. And you can't tell me anything, man. I was like, you know, I was like one of the rappers with the first deal. <laughs> I was like, you know, as soon as I got the check, man, I was like going out there, you know, I bought, I bought a home with an 80-20 loan back in the day, you know, I would take 100% finance the, the, the home. I bought a couple of cars, I bought a motorcycle. I was going out to the club, you know, just showing everybody that I arrived. You know, at that time, I'm like, oh my God, I'm making 10, 15 grand. Who, who makes 10, 15 grand? And nobody in my family made it. Nobody in the town that I knew made it. You know, so I was living life. And, um, and of course, 2008 came and God humbled me. God humbled me. You know, he you know, was like, man, you ain't all that, bro. You know, you know, uh, you need to, you need to humble yourself. And God, he did that, man. I mean, I, I literally, um, uh, you know, uh, pretty much lost everything. I remember I got married in 2007, 2008 recession hit 2009. I'm in a restaurant, uh, you know, expecting our first child, you know, we're six months pregnant. I'm crying in a restaurant, you know, telling my wife then that I don't know what we're going to do. Wow. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, and now remember, I never had a dad. So my whole reason for me for living is to be able to be a good provider, be able to, to be able to, you know, be able to provide the stuff that my dad never provided, to be able to provide not only a material stuff, but also to be able to be there for, for to, to put knowledge into my children. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, today, after I get done with this podcast, you know, I'm going to pick up the kids. We're going to go to soccer practice. We're going to go swim practice. You know, we have a date. So that to me was everything. But then when I was all of a sudden, you know, I'm minus $314 in bank account. You know, creditors are calling me. I'm two years behind on my mortgage. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to do. But here's what I do know. I went back to what my mom taught me. That's right. Okay. There is no way out. Right? There's no way. I don't give you that. There's no way out. Right? Especially now, I got, I got a kid coming on the way. Right? Put a plan together. And just execute day in and day out. I went back to what I knew, you know. So I was like, "All right, I'm done with a pity party. That's right. I can't change the past. Whatever I've done, I can only learn from that and move on. If you live in the past, that's where depression lives. <laughs> and if you want to get rid of depression, all you got to do 
you know, pro if, if, you, if you progress, progress is an antidote of depression. And the way you progress is you fill out your schedule with activities that help you progress. And again, you make sure you have no white spaces on your schedule. Mm -hmm. There's no idle time. You don't got, I don't have time to sit back and I don't have time to contemplate on S-H-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't got time to contemplate on that. I got, I just, I'm moving forward. Project. So, so Jose, for a period of 2008, 2009 to 2014, every day I got up and I executed the plan. Execute the plan, which means like literally working 16 to 18 hours, working, 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 working. And, and until, you know, and every day I came back with a loss for six years. Every day I took the L, I came back defeated. That's not easy. You know, but I'm like, what am I going to do? I got to do something. So I'm going to get up, go to work, figure it out. So for six years, I took it out. And towards the end of 2014, beginning of 2015 and when I started traction. So when I started traction, I'm like, all right, man, if things are looking better, boom, I got slapped with divorce papers. Oh, snap. Your boy Les Brown says this. This, this is from Les Brown. because I love Les Brown as well. He said, in life, you're either in a problem, left the problem, or headed towards one. That's right. Right? So I just left one problem and just jumped into another one. Because I was working so much, because I was coming home so defeated, you know, we kind of grew apart. And next thing you know, now I, I find myself 40 years old, living in a hotel. Now my children are taken away from me. Wow. Now I can only see the kids on Wednesday and on the weekends. Now I'm like, what am I going to do? So after about a week of crying in a hotel room and telling myself what a loser I am, you know, you know, what, what am I going to do? Again, I went back to the basics. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So let's put a plan together. So I said, all right, Sam, <laughs> your, your, your top priority was, you know, spend time with the children and provide for them. Right. But now you can't spend time with them every day because court orders Wednesdays and weekends. So what are you going to do that you're not going to be with the kids? Well, obviously, when you're hurt like that, the first thought that comes to your mind, man, let me go out with my friends, let's drink, and now I do this, let's go out, chase some women, and do this, all that good stuff. I'm not saying you're 40 years old, man. You're not 25. You can't do that. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. So I dedicated my time to literally three activities. I'm like, spend time with the children, provide for the children, and stay healthy so I can keep doing one and two. So now when you're crystal clear of how you want to spend your time or what you want to do, Jose, and decision-making becomes real easy. Yeah. It's not maybe I'll do it. It's a fucking yes or no. <laughs> Somebody says, Sam, you want to hang out, watch football? Does it give me more money? No. Does it give me more time with the kids? No. Does it get me more healthier? No. No. You feel me? Yeah. Sam, you want to get you want to get together? I want to talk to you about this business deal. Does it give me more money? Hell yeah. Let's I'm gonna go hear it. Let's talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so I became crystal clear on how I want to spend my time. You know, look, 
you know, in, in, in my world, I say you need to have that five F's. And ultimately, if you have the five F's done, you have the six F. Faith, family, fitness, finance, and you got to have fun. Don't forget to have fun, right? And once you do that, you can have fulfillment. Ah, that's dope. I like that. I mean, so I'm like, all right, I dedicated my time to each area of those life. So if you look at my daily, daily schedule, you see that I have time for meditation. I have time for work. I've set time for family. I've set time that I work out. Now, when do, you, when do you get your day started? Like what is, like you start, like when does it start? 4 a.m. Oh, you're part of the 4 a.m. club. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not like I'm a part of 4 a.m. club, but I want to be, here's one thing I can do. Remember, I got to work because I got to provide for the family. Also got to stay healthy. So work is, is going to take time away from the family, but I got to do that because I got to be, but here's what I don't want to do. I don't want my workout to take time away from the family, mm. right? So I work out when they're sleeping. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to work and come, I'm like, hey, dad, I still got to go to the gym, bro. I, I, I'll be right back. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. Now, you know, so, so I'm managing my time ruthlessly. I just go to bed early. I just go to bed when, when all the kids go to bed. Nine o'clock to go to bed. I go to bed now. Yeah, yeah. I find that a lot of successful individuals, they do that. They go to bed early, about 9, 9.30, the latest, and they wake up, you know, between 4 and 5 also. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, I always thought that it was like, you know, wake up early. And so for me, like, I can't go to the gym because I obviously I have a physical, a physical limitation, but I still wake up early also. But I do like I do my meditation. I write down my goals. I plan out my day. And so, and that's effective, you know? One thing you mentioned just now as well, that I think that at the end of the day, that's what everybody's in search for is fulfillment. And uh, I think that once you, you know, like you said, you gave those five Fs and that six one will bring you that fulfillment. And I think that that's what most people, not everybody is in search of that fulfillment. Like what is going to fulfill me in life to where I can uh, be the best version of myself. And during this whole conversation, man, and again, thank you so much because you've been basically laying out a plan uh, for everyone who's been listening. Uh, like, your, like your mom said, you know, be willing to do whatever it takes. There's no turning back. In other words, like you said, you got to burn the ships and uh, you got to, you know, and it's okay. I like how you said you were in the hotel room crying for a week. But after that, you was like, hey, listen, I got to pick myself up and I got to go and make this happen. Because um, I'm a firm believer of, of that as well, that it's okay to have a, a little pity party, but make sure that it's just a little pity party. And then you got to get right back at it, right? Because we're human. We have emotions and feelings. If you, if, you, if you, someone needs to take a few days off, here's what I do. You know what I mean? I take a few days off. I'm like, all right, let me take an L. I'm going to take an L for a couple of days, but I'm not going to take the whole season off. Exactly. I'm not, you know what I mean? No, I'm not going to take the whole season off. I'm going to take, take a couple of losses. You know, you know, here's what I usually do. You know, if I need, you know, if I had a horrible, horrible day or horrible, you know what? I come home a little early. I give myself some In-N-Out burger or, or a big Hawaiian pizza. Watch, some, watch a Netflix movie. I can't watch two. One, one is good. Go to bed early. Tomorrow, I'm back like a champ. That's right. I mean, and I know, absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with... Here's the thing, man. It's okay to lose battles. You're not going to live... You're not going to win every battle. Nobody goes through life undefeated. That's right. Everybody goes through life and they're going to come have obstacles. They're going to be times that they're going to be defeated. But don't lose the war. Mm. That's powerful. 
That's powerful. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You're not, you're going to, you're going to lose plenty of battles. Just make sure that you don't lose the wall. Listen, man, uh, Sam, I appreciate you taking the time out to hang out with me today and dropping so many gems, brother. Um, I, I'm a fan of yours and I look to building a relationship with you and, and staying in touch with you as well, man. Of course. Uh, okay. uh, if you can tell, you know, that, that there's, um, and I know you've said a lot during this, during this show that, that can help a lot of people, but if there's one person listening to the show and they may be taking an L right now and, and they just need that word of encouragement and they just need that little boost, that little pick-me-up, that little push. What would you tell that person right now that's listening that needs to get back on track? Great, great question, Jose. Um, here's what you have to understand. If you, look at, if you look at life, life has its seasons, right? I mean, it says it in the Bible. I'm, like I said, I'm a very, very novice at Bible. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't tell you where or what. I can't do the verses and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even going to pretend, but I do believe in God and I do believe in the higher power. But somewhere in the Bible, it says that there are seasons in life. That's right. Okay? And, and, and if you look at it, how, how it works, you know, there is spring, there's summer, there's fall, and there's winter, right? And in life, you are going to go through some winter times. You are, you are going to go through some dark times. There's going to be some cold. There's going to be all that. But here's the thing. It will pass. That's right. As long as you keep going, it will pass. You can, you know, Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Sooner or later, you're going to pass through hell. That's right. You know, then, you know, then it's going to go somewhere better. If you're going through a winter time, you know, have faith, keep going, and know that spring and summer is around the corner. Now, if you're, you're in, now, if you're spring and summer, like, for example, when I was first starting my business, I was making 10, 15 grand a month. I was in spring and summer. Oh, my God, I'm making 10, 15 grand a month. Let's make it rain. Let's buy the car. Let's buy the motorcycle. Listen, wait a second. Stop. Because you're going to go through some times that, you know, you're just bawling. You're, everything's going good. Guess what? Winter is around the corner. Mm -hmm. so plan for the winter and have faith, you know, and in the summer. You know, you, you know, you know, you know, that's what you have to do. You know, you know, wintertime is coming. So is summertime. <laughs> you know, just be prepared and just go through them in a graceful fashion. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what you're going through, if you're feeling down and out, keep on going because better days are coming. Sam, again, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. I love you, brother. I pray nothing but blessing and abundance for you. Uh, hope to have you on again. and. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. And until next week, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless. Thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores. And make sure you visit me at joseinspires.com where you'll see links to all my social media where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week. So make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode of I won't stop until I win.